Welcome to the Cabling Podcast. Remember to punch down on that like button. And also, subscribe to Cabling News. What is the cutting edge of uh, IoT trends that you see going into uh, buildings uh, right now? I mean, you just mentioned uh, access control. Of course, we'll always talk about wireless and communications. But I mean... And it kind of leads to a co-question with uh, smart design and IoT. Are these the things that planners are are thinking about now on the first day of, uh, you know, of site planning or in your perception? Yeah, more and more they are. Um, There is that that, uh, end-to-end view of what the building is going to do and the the design of the building as as a whole, as a system, rather than just as a structure that then sort of gets overlaid into. Um, I think uh, there's an interesting new trend in what what COVID and hybrid working have brought have brought to the industry. So um, in the past, a building might have been designed to have a certain occupancy, a certain uh, heat load, energy use. And it was, you know, nine to five, eight to five, Monday through Friday. And, and you always had the same number of people in a building or you were designing for the same number of people. Hybrid working has changed all of that. And smart buildings and IoT can really be helpful there. So um, we're starting to see the, the, the I guess, early shoots of, of designs such as um, uh, sort of scalable lighting. I'm, I'm very interested to see where power over Ethernet lighting uh, will go. So Philips, as an example, uh, was a very early adopter of, of PoE connected uh, ceiling lights. Well, now if you can have your, your door badge or your keyless entry system know who you are as you enter your, your commercial space um, and then adjust the lighting output uh, dynamically. Like if, if I'm going to be working here today, the, the lighting above my cubicle should be at 80, 100%. If I'm not working today, maybe have that dimmed down to 40%. Those sorts of smart building ideas are, are uh, really starting to come forward. And, and as the cost basis for the, the technology comes down, uh, the return on investment uh, uh, becomes more and more palatable. Great point on uh, power over Ethernet. Um, in keeping with that, um, one thing we've written about a lot with uh, cabling installation maintenance uh, is uh, single pair uh, Ethernet. Are you seeing uh, single pair uh, being specced in uh, more now as the technology b- becomes uh, more, uh, you know, uh, widespread out there? Uh, it, in our case, we we do quite a bit of retrofit. Um as well. Uh, so, so we aren't, we aren't seeing that, uh, quite as much in the industry at this point. Um, what, what has been interesting for us are some of the, uh, adaptations to switch SFPs, uh, with coax cable. And, and so now there are, uh, switch SFPs that you can hook a, a standard F connector barrel connector on. And if you have end to end connectivity, suddenly you've got ethernet over, over frankly cable plant that you've probably abandoned or 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 you're no longer worried about uh, you know with the move to IPTV and and so on so uh, people are finding new ways to uh repurpose old uh, old coax in in some cases excellent uh engineering uh perspective uh that's why we've come to you um as applications advance and end user expectations evolve um what would be some tips for planning scalable prop tech uh, deployments for uh, ensuring an optimal uh, customer experience? Um, I, I think it's important uh, as integrators, as designers, 
to really understand the the application that's going to be in there and the end users that are going to be in there. Um, you think about uh, some of the technologies and how they've changed. We, we have the benefit of being in many different markets from student housing through senior living. And so uh, in, in providing scalability and planning, I think it's important to have that sort of broad view. The example I'll give, um, you know, in student housing, keyless entry uh, was coming onto the market 10, 15 years ago. Uh, and, and nobody would have sort of predicted at that time in, in you know, high-rise apartment quite yet that, that, you'd, that you'd have users ready to use their phone for, for door entry. Uh, but that's that's uh, really coming to be. And so you have com companies like Butterfly MX that that have these uh, fantastic user experiences uh, that uh, that can now be deployed. Now, the, the key there is to have that wide view of the market, to know what's been useful in, in other sectors and how you can apply it. Um, you know, that, that next sector will be, you know, senior living and, and uh, senior active communities. Uh, so as technology moves forward and as the users get more comfortable with technology, uh, it's important to have um, an integrator that 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 has seen uh, seen many things in the industry. Thank you for that. I wanted to ask you about smart building standards. There's a lot of them. There seems to be, in fact, more and more of them. And it sort of uh, gives rise to this question that uh, we've heard, which is, you know, people say, well, what, what is a smart building? What, 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 what does that even mean? You know, it, we feel like we know, you know, but how do you, what are the standards that you're looking at in, in, ter in terms of as, as an integrator uh, for, uh, for smart buildings? You know, I mean, obviously we could say TIA, but I, I, I got to go right to uh, the expert here. <laughs> Again, I, when I when I think of smart buildings, it, it, it all comes down to the application. Is the application user centric? Um, is the application uh, uh, sort of providing new insight or new information uh, that wasn't previously accessible? Um, so you know, I, I provided some of those examples. The the uh, I think the the key driver again in in smart buildings certainly there is. Um, the bells and whistles, the livability of a building. Um, but when it comes to the things that will be implemented first, uh, they will be generally around sustainability and energy management. Um, those sorts of applications will, will drive investor value. Owner investors uh, love the, the value of the asset that they have um, increasing when they, when they deploy a smart building technology like, like th energy management thermostats, for instance. Um, the, the U.S. GBC, the U.S. Green Building Council, um, put out a study uh, last year, and, and the investment side was the, the number one uh, trigger for smart buildings for investors and owners. Uh, but I found it interesting, the number one trigger for architects and, and the engineers, the integrators, was that user experience. It, it was that that customer demand, that livability side. So um, uh, certainly depending on, on who's driving, uh, who's driving the, the conversation, the, uh, the trigger for, for a smart building will be slightly different. Mm -hmm. uh, one thing in particular I wanted to ask you about um, is, uh, you know, when we talk about wireless, uh, obviously cabling, installation, maintenance, we talk a lot about uh, 
wireless that is driven by uh, Ethernet. But uh, on the smart building side, we uh, cover these uh, other technologies like uh, LoRaWAN and Bluetooth Low Energy, these uh, battery-powered uh, wireless technologies that kind of live for, forever in a building. How, how much of that stuff are you seeing uh, going in or even being considered now in terms of prop tech? It, it's, it's been an interesting evolution. Um, and, and, and you mentioned a few of them. Uh, um, you can toss Zigbee and Z-Wave right into that, into that yeah. same bucket, obviously. Uh, it's, it's nice to see sort of the standardization coming through in, in, um, in Bluetooth low energy. Uh, it, it was the wild west of, of wireless protocols, uh, five years ago, eight years ago. Uh, but Bluetooth low energy, we're, we're definitely seeing a, an uptick in, and, and, uh, the cost of Wi-Fi. um, you know, more devices are putting, you know, Wi-Fi directly on the device. So that, uh, that's coming up. Wi-Fi used to probably have a bad name for these sorts of, uh, deployments, uh, when you have many, many small devices, the cost of a Wi-Fi chip was prohibitive uh, um, in the past, but that's coming down. And, and uh, you know, I mentioned it earlier, but uh, CBRS and, and private LTE um, will, be, will be interesting. You, you suddenly have um, uh, a better coverage, a ubiquitous coverage uh, in a property. You can use uh, sort of commodity or, or highly available uh, end user radios or, or um, you know, smart device radios. And, and you have uh, the security uh, by deploying it as a private 5G LTE. So uh, it, it'll be interesting to see uh, those access points uh, sort of come onto market and come down in price. And, and we're keeping kind of a keen eye on, on CBRS and private LTE. Thanks for that tip and those insights. Uh, we'll uh, try to do the same thing. Um, it all seems to speak to a point that uh, we've covered a bit on uh, cabling co-brand uh, smart building technology, which is uh, um, there seems to be a merging of um, smart homes and uh, commercial buildings technology uh, at, at a certain level. I think uh, recently uh, the continent Kaba, the Continental Automated uh, Buildings Association, signed a pact with, I believe, the ho the Home Connectivity Alliance, and uh, and we ran another story that was uh, sort of talking about this uh, trend. Um, it all comes from uh, the service providers going into multifamily and multi-dwelling type uh, structures. Is is there anything you can say on that? It's it's welcomed. Um, I think is the <laughs> the, the, the clear answer. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, folks uh, when when they're deploying their own technologies, and and you think of something as simple as a as a Nest thermostat. Um, they they on the consumer side, it's very comfortable to them. They're 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 starting to deploy these things, but there hadn't been a commercial uh, a commercial deployment for these. And on the commercial side, you had these highly built, highly engineered um, uh, en uh, energy management systems or lighting control systems, and and they they never really sort of came together. So you, you would you'd have this one experience if you were in a commercial building, and a completely different experience if you were in a residential. Well, when you get into uh, multifamily housing, which which is only continuing to grow um, uh, in the country, it. Uh, it, there was a strange overlap. Building operators had users that expected to, to bring their own Nest and Amazon and Alexa and, and, and so on and so forth. Um, and, and 
the only tool they had were sort of highly designed Johnson uh, Johnson controls or Siemens or you know these big big systems. Um, so it's it's welcome uh, welcome uh, change to see that these two things are starting to come together. Um, we're we're partnered with a company called Brilliant um, that that really does a lot of this sort of onboarding and and um, let's say commercialization of, of um, residential or, or consumer products. So they've they've found a way um, really to make that experience feel like like a um, a single family home type residential experience, but have it uh, able to be controlled and onboarded and offboarded in in multifamily. So uh, we're, we're very excited to be to be partnered in offering that. Thanks for that. Well, Matt, um, I really appreciate uh, you uh, taking some time uh, to speak with us uh, here today and uh, to learn some more about uh, Allbridge and uh, what you're doing in the uh, building's uh, prop tech uh, space. Uh, thanks again. Maybe we can uh, follow up uh, again, circle back somewhere down the road. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Matt.